0: We're here in Belo Horizonte, Brazil, covering the U.S. women's national team at the Olympics. After its 2-0 opening win against New Zealand, the U.S. has a showdown against fellow gold medal contender France on Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern on NBCSN. I'm here today with the goalkeeper who posted her world record 102nd, right <laughs>
1: I guess so. You know the numbers, Grant.
0: (laughs) 102nd international clean sheet on Wednesday. She's Hope Solo. Thanks for joining the podcast, Hope. Thanks for having me. So, lots to talk about. We'll get to the Brazilian fans' reaction to you later here. For now, I just want to look ahead to this France game. These might
1: be the two best teams in the world right now. What are you expecting against France? I expect a very tough game. Um, You know, this is very likely could be a final if... We weren't in the same group. Um, they're a tough team. They're a tough attacking team. They attack with numbers. I've said all along. They're one of the tough teams to defend against because they have oftentimes six six um, attacking players on our back line. Um, they attack in waves. It's not just the initial attack. It's a second wave of attack as well. Um, it's going to be tough, but this is what the team lives for, you know, these intense games, these competitive matches, the rivalries, um, and it is a rivalry now. It's not just – USA-Canada, USA-Brazil, USA-Germany, France now is is one of our main rivals because they are that great. Looking back on the U.S. win against
0: New Zealand, what did you take away from the game?
1: I think it was a great start for us. Um, you never know how you're going to start. Oftentimes, it's a slow start. Oftentimes, you see the nerves. Oftentimes, we tend to fall back on our old ways sometimes, and we like to you know, clear the ball in the defense as opposed to passing it around the back. So... I think you know it wasn't our best game. It wasn't um, the speed of play wasn't as great as we wanted it to be. We didn't go through the midfield as much as, as we hoped to against France. But all in all, you know we had our forward scoring goals, which gives Alex and Carly confidence. We had players getting minutes. You had the young players getting experience, like Mallory Pugh and Lindsay Horan and Ally Long, and our defense didn't give up a goal. So honestly, what more can you ask for? We got three points. Um,
0: I'm sure you're aware of this. No reigning Women's World Cup champion, which you guys are right now, has ever won the Olympic gold medal. If the U.S. were to win gold here, should you be considered the best women's soccer team of all time?
1: Of course you have to ask me a question that, no matter how I answer, people won't be happy about. But um, let me see if I can explain this correctly. I so that people can understand where I'm coming from. Um, No offense at all to previous and past teams. There's been some incredible, um, historic, like really great teams that have come in the history of U.S. soccer, and nobody can take away from that. I do believe that, um, I don't want to say our current team, but our 2015 World Cup winning team is the best team in the history of the game, and I say that because the game has evolved. And... Are we going to be the best that ever played? Absolutely not. I think four years from now, the next team will be the best. So it's not some arrogance thing. I just think as the game evolves, we Americans, as well as around the world, continue to improve our game. And it's a faster-paced game. There's more ball skill. There's more scoring. I mean, it's even the goalkeeping is getting much better across the women's game. So I just think the game continues to grow and evolve. So, yes, I do believe the 2015 Women's World Cup winning team is the best team in history.
0: I like that argument. That makes sense, too, that the sport is really developed and you see more good teams now around the world. There's more competition than there used to be. Um, Moving on here. I don't want to belabor this, but I was surprised that the fans in the stadium on Wednesday started booing whenever you touched the ball. Uh, the Brazilian media tells me this is because of the social media photographs you posted with uh, a mosquito net headgear and some, uh, I guess, uh, uh, insect repellent on your bed to deal with Zika. You had already said here that you didn't want to offend anyone in the host country. Is it a bummer for you that this happened?
1: I don't know if that's the word I would use. I, I don't really know how to explain <laughs> what happened in in the stadium. Um, I've played overseas many of times I've played in in Mexico where I've got booed quite a bit um I do know that the local club here in Belo Horizonte they tend to boo the opposing team's goalkeepers um so it really was no different and then I found out they were also chanting Zika as well so I didn't know that was going on in the game um I did know that they were (laughs) they were booing um but it doesn't it doesn't affect me. I mean, I came here to do one thing and that's to help our, our team win, our country win, and I'm very focused in doing that. Is it a bummer? You know, I wish people understood that I did my due diligence coming before coming to Brazil. It was a decision, a personal decision that I had to make with alongside my husband. And it's not something I just, you know, spoke about without getting educated on. It was something very serious to me because I do want to start a family and you know, the CDC and even the World Health Organization came out and they said, any pregnant women or if you intend to get pregnant, pregnant anytime soon, we do not advise traveling to Brazil. So it's not like I just made this up. You know, I, I listened to the CDC. I listened to the World Health Organization. I spoke to experts, infectious disease experts, including, full disclosure. Full disclosure,
0: <laughs> my wife, Celine Gounder, uh, is an infectious disease doctor in New York, uh, she's done a lot of global health over the years. Uh, I put you guys in touch, and I know that you and your husband spoke to my wife for quite a while. Um, I didn't listen in. Uh, I assume it was helpful. What What did you learn?
1: Well, first off, I'm very grateful for that contact. So thank you. Um, Celine was great. Uh, she she really just educated us. And I think um, you know when everybody heard about Zika at the very beginning, there wasn't enough research done. There wasn't enough knowledge out there. We didn't have answers. And so I think, you know, of course, there were many questions to be answered and many, you know, nobody knew where to turn. So it took some time before the research came available. um, But I was very grateful to speak to Celine because she took her time with us and she really educated us on the steps that we need to take to make sure that we're safe. And all we did was take every single one of her recommendations and suggestions, including getting mosquito repellent with you know, a certain amount of DEET. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, simple things, but these simple things go a long way. And as much as, you know, I posted a picture with all of the mosquito repellent, I packed all of that mosquito repellent, and I do use it every single training session as well as during the game. So I do take this very seriously, and I just wanted to make sure that I'm as prepared as possible for anything off the field so that on the field I can just focus on soccer.
0: You are part, by the way, moving on to a new topic, a, of a new video documentary series with uh, Megan Rapino and Crystal Dunn that has just been released on the full screen website. I saw some clips for it. There's some pretty raw emotional stuff in there uh, and interesting stuff, uh, I think. What's the story behind your involvement as a subject and even executive producer?
1: I'm very excited about this project. Um, you know, something like this has never been done in the sports world. And I am the executive producer, and I was very excited. I am excited to bring on Megan Rapino and Crystal Dunn. I think everybody has unique individual stories. It is very raw. <laughs> it is very honest, very truthful. And I think sometimes as athletes, we're in a very tough position because, you know, the media needs to do their jobs, and they need to write about whatever issue is, you know, popular at that time. But at the same time, it's hard to, you know, they don't even know every single detail that's going on. And so this is the first time that a docuseries is done, being told by the athlete. So it is it is very truthful, very honest, very raw. It's um, emotional. And each different athlete has a very different story. So it's pretty cool. I'm very excited about it. And, yeah, feather in my cap for being an executive producer for the first time in my life.
0: Nice work. You also, by the way, outdid me as a writer when your book came out four years ago. And you got <laughs> higher on the bestseller list than I did with my book. So uh, It's impressive. all in the name. <laughs> <laughs> um, and how can people get to this if they want to see it? I, it came out yesterday.
1: Yeah, program, so I... you can download the Fullscreen app or just go to fullscreen.com. And okay. it's called Keeping Score. Cool.
0: Um, you are part of a U.S. players group that filed a wage discrimination complaint against U.S. soccer this year. Are you going to be vocal about equal pay for equal play during or after this Olympic tournament?
1: I know that a lot of us can handle, (laughs) so, you know, we can handle a lot. We can handle the pressure on the field, off the field. Um, But I think for me, I just want to focus on winning this tournament. I want to focus on doing something, like you said, something that has never been done before. I think that's enough pressure (laughs) for the time being. I am very grateful for the senators back at home who are keeping this in the public's eye and are still speaking, um, sending letters to the Federation about it and making sure people don't forget about it because equal pay is very important to us. But right now, we have to focus on a job at hand. We intend to win these Olympics, and then we can go back and continue to push for equal pay.
0: Now, you were one of the driving forces inside the U.S. locker room to push for real change in the way U.S. soccer treats and pays you guys. What did you say to your teammates to help persuade them to um, take a harder line? publicly?
1: I don't necessarily think it's about what you say to people. It's about what you can show them. It's about the facts that you can show them. It's about showing them another avenue, another way to operate. And for so long we had operated under n- underneath one attorney, underneath one style of leadership. And it wasn't about complaining. It wasn't about saying, you know, this attorney isn't good enough for us. We have to do more. It was showing it. It was bringing new attorneys to the table, letting them ask the proper questions until something kind of, uh, you know, clicked in their own minds. You can't really convince people; they really have to see it for themselves. And so, all I could really do is show them the road, um, show them different opportunities, and hope, hopefully, you know, their own intelligence would kind of allow them to see the light.
0: There are a lot of things going on with you right now, milestone-wise. Uh, you just had your 100th international shutout. You just turned 35, happy <laughs> birthday. Thank you. Um, you're about to have your 200th international cap in this game against France, which is something that very few players have done. Um, how long do you want to keep playing at this level?
1: I feel great right now. I really do. I um, I keep asking our goalkeeper trainer to be harder on me, push me more. I, I feel healthier now than I did in last summer's World Cup. I think because we're not on turf, to be honest, my joints feel better. Everything feels feels really good right now. Mm. Um, you know, I do have a personal life outside of soccer. I've been married now for four years. I'm very excited for the next chapter with Jeremy, with my husband. Um, do I want to come back and play in that World Cup in France? It is going to be a magnificent tournament in France, on grass, beautiful soccer-specific stadiums, beautiful you know, soccer fan base in France and obviously one of the best teams in the world. Stranger things have happened. Can I make it back? I believe that I can do whatever I put my mind to, short of being forty. <laughs> After forty, maybe not. I, but um uh, I hit forty, I just can't <laughs> so I do think it's possible as long as my commitment level and, and my mindset wants to take me in that direction.
0: All right. Well, Hope Solo, thank you very much for speaking to Sports Illustrated. Good luck in the Olympics. Thank you, Kat. Do you know about the Locked On Podcast Network? The number one daily sports podcast network. Locked On has a daily podcast on every NBA and NFL team, plus a growing lineup of college and MLB teams. You get a daily bite-sized podcast giving you the latest on your team from the local experts. Lakers fans, search Locked On Lakers. Cowboys fans, search Locked On Cowboys. Just search Locked On, your favorite team, on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, or tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked On, your favorite team. Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.